Hey everyone, Drew Skyberg here, and before we start the episode, I'm here to talk about things that took place this past week, right? Jordan Lorenz, he did in fact resign. He will no longer be a part of the podcast. Again, this was his decision. He was not forced by anyone whatsoever, but he did in fact quit. So looking forward, right, I, I want to address this right away here. I assemble a team right away. We're rebranding, right? That this this is gonna take place. This isn't gonna be like Jordan mentioned. It's not gonna be a few days. This is gonna be a few months. I aim to finish this rebranding process in the summer. And why it's gonna take so long, right? I, I want to emphasize the merchandise that was bought, you know, by all of our fans, all of our listeners. We truly appreciate it. And we're gonna make sure this logo will still resemble. You will be able to resemble the sports crew out of it with it now. The plan is Drew's sports crew moving forward, and that's going to be what this Monday episode will be called. However, the podcast being titled Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew, that's going to be here to stay for a few months. So just just keep a lookout for that. I understand it might be confusing, but that's how we're rolling right now. And, yeah, like I said, this came out of the blue. This was last Wednesday, and right now we're, we're, we're just – we're doing a little bit of emergency planning right now, and with scheduling, nothing's changing with that. Uh, looking forward, Monday episodes are still going to be there. Friday, Journey to a Million, of course. We're going to still cover our high school sports. Robert Schimmick and I, there will be some sort of breakdowns on Tuesdays. Look, Jordan mentioned this best. It, it, this is a new beginning. Uh, we're not slowing down here at the sports crew, Drew's sports crew. Still a lot of big things coming forward. Uh, we have some live shows planned in Oshkosh. Menominee Nations Arena, there's some information that will be released next month regarding that. But overall, I mean, this this isn't an easy decision for any party, right? I, I know we mentioned with Jordan, this, this has been tough, right? He, he mentioned this was something lingering on for him, right? Right now, we're, we're looking. This this caught, you know, everyone off guard, right? I in my, Myself included, I got a day notice before the public did, so... We're going to do something this week. We're going to remember Jordan, you know, for the work he did here. Again, he's still, you know, one of my best friends, and that's not going to change. Lastly, you might be wondering, what is the future of Drew's sports career? And I have your answer. As I said, in the one-year anniversary, the sky's the limit. I am going to do everything I can to make this the perfect podcast for you. And I have a team that's going to help me do this. I have Zach Roush with me, Jared Valeski on my side as well, the Journey to Million squad and then also Robert Chimick is there right with me as well and then I have other guests you know I've had a lot of support Bernie Vandenhul reached out he said he can be a fill-in guy and then I also had some other guys such as Lewis he was on episode 56 with me but to wrap up here this podcast it's lasting forever and that's not going to change no matter what happens here and you know this is just another bump in the road here and with that let's go here to episode 57 of Drew's Sports Crew Featuring Bernie Vandenhuvel, right now. Welcome to Drew's Sports Crew, episode 57. We are here now, and I got on Bernie Vandenhuvel with me for along the ride this episode. So, Bernie, how are you doing on this Sunday evening? I'm not too bad. I just finished up a track meet. Went really well. It was kind of chilly, but we're doing good today. We're doing good. Yeah, that's awesome. I heard some good stuff about it, which... We'll get to in a moment here, but yeah, thank you all for listening to that three-minute segment I aired roughly uh, before this episode, just explaining what's going on, but we got Bernie Vanden on, and that's what matters, so you know, with that, we got to get into 
some of our you know segments. Um, of course, you got to sub to the YouTube channel as well before I get to those. That's a must. That is, you know, you'll find Bernie's college athlete spotlight on there, and you'll also find Gideon Kane's college athlete spotlight on there. And with that, we'll transition here. Those are our shout outs of the week. Both of those gentlemen, they participated in a track meet at Whitewater on Sunday, and they took care of business. Bernie Vanden Heuvel, you know, new the new guy on the block, PRs at Whitewater. And then Gideon Kane, he, he does, he does what he does. You know, he breaks school records, he breaks records and just more of that. Right, Bernie. So would you like to explain a little bit about how that track meet went? Well, overall it went really well. Um, one of my hurdling buddies who we shouted out before, um, Jacob Kelm, he moved up on our all-time um, leaderboard to sixth place in the 110 hurdles. Um, Gideon Kane again, broke the school record in the hammer throw, throwing over 53, which is incredible. Um, he's pretty much got most of the records. So, I mean, the goat, if you will, um, but everyone else did really well today. More people moving up on our um, leaderboards. Um, one of my friends, Sabrina Moore moved up on, in the, um, hundred dash. So a lot of people are making big gains out there. Big gains indeed. And you know, what a time to do it. A lot of schools in the WEAC were there, right? So it wasn't just the knack, right? Correct. Let's see. That's... So Stevens, Stevens Point was there. You were there. Um, a bunch of other schools. So it was a good mix. It was a good mix. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like yeah, good mix, like you said. And with that, let's get into the stats of the week. Bernie, you're gonna love this. So we're gonna go through some stats here. Starting with Brewers and Cubs. Got a little heated at Wrigley Field this past week. Of should have been four game, but was a three game series. You know, at the friendly confines, not so friendly, Bernie. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of people were getting plunked and got a stat here to bring it up over the last three seasons. No team has been plunked as often by another, another than the Cubs have been by the Brewers. And then next up, the Brewers by the Cubs. So I, I know it, it can get blown out of proportion. They say, you know, the Brewers just hit the Cubs left and right. This is getting out of hand. The Brewers have hit the Cubs 27 times the last three seasons, which is a lot, but the Cubs have hit the Brewers 26 times. So, you know, what do you think about that stat, Bernie? Well, um, in regards to the Andrew McCutcheon hit by pitch that cleared the um, the benches in the game, I mean, he was hitting nukes, you know, in the spring training. So obviously you want to hit him, so, you know, get him out of the way, right? Um, I guess it worked because today, I mean, he went over four. So, I mean, props to them for getting it rid of the competition. But, um, again, I think it's just a stat that's blown out of proportion as well, like you said. Um, I mean, it just happens. And sometimes it just happens to more teams than others. It's kind of like a flip of a coin, if you will. But for sure, something that's interesting. Yeah, we'll get into this more in the weekly sports talk segment. But I, I, got, I got the reasons why there were seven hit-by-pitches in the first two games of the series combined, like I'll, I'll share, I'll share why this is and why, what my speculation is. But with that here, let's keep going through these stats of the week. This season, the Suns were 32 and nine on the road. That gives them a 780 away winning percentage. So in 78% of their road games, and that's better than every other team's home winning percentage. And then Phoenix, they're the second team in the NBA uh, history to achieve this feat, and then the other, the other being the sixty-nine to seventy New York Knicks, and they went on, they won the championship. So you know they're in good company there, and certainly looks like the Suns are the favorite right now as well, right, Bernie? 
I would agree. Um, just the way they've been playing, they've been playing hungry, really hungry. And it kind of reminds me of how the Bucks were last year. Like, they're not that flashy. Um, they just go every night and they get the job done. And crazily, like, their best player, arguably, Devin Booker, isn't even part of the MVP conversation. So um, just them going in and out every night with a chip on their shoulder, it's truly really impressive. Yeah, that team top to bottom, it's just a solid group of, of guys. And yeah, talk about coming hungry. You know, we talked about last year having a sour taste in their mouths against the Bucks, losing that series in six. But let's let's get to the next one here. Some college hockey. Denver, they defeat Minnesota State five to one to win the frozen four and claim their ninth national championship. That ties Michigan for the most in division one history. The Pioneers, they are the first team to win the title after finishing the previous season below 500 since Wisconsin, since Bucky Badger did it in 1981. Just a little hockey stat there. Kevin Love, he scored 2.17 points per minute, and that was yesterday. That was against the Bucs. They blew him out. No problem. Uh, and that was the most points per minute in a single game in NBA history. That was the 15-minute minimum. And that includes Will Chamberlain's 100-point game where he scored 2.08 points per minute. So Kevin Love and Will Chamberlain in a similar stat. What about this, Bernie? Well, um, they have a, you know, a very similar body build. You know, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, super similar players, uh, same play style in general, you know. Um, you know, they basically do the same thing in the basketball court. So, I mean, it's only obvious to assume that they're going to be, you know, in the same statistical categories. Um, but really it is, that is a wild thing to think about because whenever Wilt is brought up in a stat, like it, that doesn't happen um, ever really, um, except for like Harden a couple of years ago um, in his MVP campaign, but, or if you're shooting really bad free throws, but, you know, that's that. This is true. But, yes. But yeah, it is really impressive and really kind of an honor to see something like that happen. So, yeah. Kevin Love still chugging along for the Cavs. They made the playoffs as well. We'll talk about in the NBA part of the weekly sports talk. Let's go down this day here, Bernie. April 11th, 2022 is the date, the Monday here. And let's talk about some things that happened on this day. 1907, New York Giants future baseball Hall of Fame backstop becomes the first catcher to wear shin guards and then in 1921 the kdka broadcast they broadcast the first radio sporting event it was a boxing match it was ravers dundee so you know i think that bernie that might have been brought up an a push if i'm not mis- mistaken ap US history right i think so i think it's a very good possibility that mr dan bryce would bring something like that up maybe maybe uh u.s history 11th grade not sure but believe I've heard that before in school. So that means they're telling me about sports stuff, which we like. So here we go. April 11th on this day, 1959 Dodger pitcher, Don Drysdale. He gets his second opening day home run. You know, we won't see this anymore with the universal DH, but I know Bernie, you're going to miss watching Brandon Woodruff hit dingers. Pitchers who rake made the game fun. I I'm so disappointed that they got rid of it. Um, like, I just want to see a nuke battle between Clayton Kershaw and Woodruff. It would make my day, but maybe it'll change in the future. Maybe it won't. It probably won't, and that's okay. It's something that I'll have to live with, unfortunately. And, I, and I've and i liked it so far, having the university. It's Jordan and I talked about it a few weeks ago, how 
We think it's going to be a good thing here, but 1963 Milwaukee Braves future future baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Warren Spahn. They beat the New York Mets 6-1 to one for his 328th win. That's the most by a left-handed hander in MLB history. So another stat there. And then on this day, 1975, Hank Aaron, he returns to County Stadium as a Milwaukee Brewer. And that was after an offseason trade from the Atlanta Braves. And with that, the Brewers, they did beat the Cleveland Indians 6-2. to two. Got a few more here. 1992, Milwaukee, or MLB, the Cleveland Indians set a team record for a long game loss to the Boston Red Sox. It was 19 innings. Took for a whopping six and a half hours. Talk about playing a six and a half hour baseball game just to lose. That's got to be tough. I could not imagine. I feel awful for the catcher because his knees would be gone by the end of the night. And going back to the other thing you talked about with the introduction of the shin guards, thank goodness that happened because I caught for a couple of years and without shin guards, I, I would not have knees and one of the best inventions for baseball, in my opinion, besides the Tommy John surgery, but thank you for adding that there, Bernie. And, uh, one more, let's go 2010, you know, the masters being around, we had some people talk about wanting us to talk some masters. So you might see that come down the road here, 74th U S masters tournament in Augusta national golf course, Bill Mickelson, he gets the job done. He wins his third green jacket by three strokes. And that was from England's Lee Westwood. So with that, you know, wrapping up their weekly sports talk, Bernie, let's get right into it here. Let's start with Brewers. We're going right to baseball. We got, we got baseball. I mean, this is, this is as good as it gets. We have regular season baseball and that is what we've been waiting for a week later than usual, but Hey, Brewers were the first game of the season due to some postponements and Bernie, were you able to catch you know, some of this Brewer baseball game. I was able to see bits and pieces from highlights, but for the first um, week or their first series against the Cubs, I wasn't able to see much of it just because of um, sports and just homework that I had to catch up on. But I have been watching on my um, really good score app. I'd highly recommend it. It's better than Bleacher Report. So hop on that. Ernie shouting out the score app wants to get a sponsorship, I guess, but yeah, it was quite the series, and I want—I like I said—I want to mention it. Right, a lot of people getting plunked in the series seven combined of two games. Um, I, I got your reason here—the humidor, right? All thirty ballparks have a humidor for the baseballs. This is something we saw only in ten, I believe, the year prior, and then it was especially Coors first time in two thousand two. We saw then Arizona implemented in twenty eighteen. Right, these this humidor, what it what it does, it you know, it, it makes the makes the baseball. It's hard to explain it here. Less bouncy, right? It's gonna like kind of limit that that property of the baseball, I guess. Bernie, this is more of your cup of tea here with your physics knowledge, but uh, yeah. So th- what, what's gonna happen is the baseball is just you know it's gonna make the ball travel you know not as far. It's gonna reduce some exit velo, and that's what studies have shown. You know, we've seen this in cores. We've seen this in Arizona. And we, I've even heard some clips and pieces of pitchers talking about it. The ball feels different. I know the Dodgers are a team that have not liked it so far. And um, Bernie, I, I guess, you know, you play baseball, right? You know, new baseball, that's always going to cause fits for anyone. 
Um, I agree. Um, I think a lot of statistics just to match up with um, just coincidences, but also at the same time, there are times when the ball can be a slippery. If you're just not feeling good, you know, maybe that'll play into it. Or maybe it's just kind of like the mojo going into a certain stadium saying, oh, I'm going to get plunked tonight. Oh, I might plunk a couple of people that might play into the confidence thing as well. So um, kind of goes both ways, but I can definitely see both sides. Exactly. And that's caused, you know, we saw Corbin Burns did not look like Corbin Burns on opening day was walking players. What? Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, it was just something we, we don't, we don't see a lot. You know, it's not Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns esque. I might say. And then Woodruff didn't look great. That was seven earned runs. That's the most he's given up since, you know, start in Colorado, which whatever in Coors Field. And both of those guys, you know, Cubs take care of both of those pitchers, which was, you know, shocking. I guess that was, but yeah, that 5 4 opening day loss, whatever, right? I mean, it's early. Uh, Ashby did get the loss in that game, even though, you know, Cousins served up a bomb in that game. But, you know, we, we didn't see a home run until game three of the series for the Brewers. Um, but yeah, the opening day game basically. Just to point out, Brewers were the first team on the board. And with that, I guess, yeah, Cubs put a three spot in on the fifth. And that kind of just was all all it wrote. Kyle Hendricks looked great. Seven strikeouts, one on one and run over five and a third. Ian Happ as well put together a three hit game. But yeah, game two is let's not talk about it. Nine nothing. Um, that was where Bernie referred to. You know, there there was bench benches did clear in that game. Andrew McCutcheon, they, he why throw it Andrew McCutcheon, Bernie? You know what? What a nice guy. You threw it the nicest guy for the Brewers, right? You throw it the nicest guy because he hits absolute bombs and they're just scared of him. That's that's my uh, insight into this right here. That is some next level stuff. But with that. We go to Sunday, you know, Brewers need a win. They can't get swept by Chicago to start the year. Seiya Suzuki, this is a guy I've been high on. I actually got him in our fantasy baseball draft at a really nice, really nice value. So he gets a three-run home run, kick off the game against Freddie Fastball. It was not Freddie Fastball today. A lot of Freddie changeup is what it seemed like we saw a good chunk. But, uh, you know, Brewers, they finally got their first home run of the year. It was Willie Adams. He had a nuke. In the third, and then Brewers that are end up putting together a three spot in the sixth. We saw Bernie, I know one of your favorites, Rowdy Telez, hit a bomb. So that happened. And then also we saw Mike Brasso. He hit the pinch hit go ahead home run in the seventh. That that was ended up being the game decider there. But you know, Bernie, this First game is a Brewer as well. Yeah, talk about a pinch hit bomb. What a great, you know, what a great move by council there. Uh, Yelich has been, he's looked good this year. I, I know the numbers actually pointed to him. He had a better year than last last year than most people think. It just wasn't a Christian Yelich year. Still above average offensive player. Just wasn't hanging for power. We've seen extra base hits out of him this year so far. That's been good to see. But eighth and ninth, Bernie, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, talk about it. What a dynamic duo. They took care of the job today. Both pitched scoreless innings, and Brewers get their first one of the year. Yeah, it's it's really good to see um, the the bats came alive today, even though they came alive the other few days. But the pitching went with it. Um, it just went really well for them. It's good to see them hit uh, what is it three home runs today? Or on that Sunday. would be three. So, so that's really good to see that the bats are coming alive. Um, you know, 
team favorites like Telez, you know, awesome. Um, just looking back at some players, like we've had a lot of rotation through that first base spot over the years from like Eric Thames, Aguilar, now to Telez. Um, and each year we seem to have a decent one. And if Telez can continue to produce like he did last year, um, that'll be humongous for the team, um, including McCutcheon. I was at DH, Universal DH. That's big for the team. Um, and again, like you said, Yelich last year didn't have that bad of a year. He was kind of like a role player-esque year. If this year he can pump it up a little bit, um, that'll be humongous for the team too. Um, Narvaez always plays well, and Kane is a solid person to get on base. Um, Wong has struggled a little bit at the start of the year, but that's okay. I think he might smooth it out. Um, and then he Adamus, will. and Adamus is looking good. Um, I can't complain. He's not as good as um, the old shortstop, in my opinion, um, unfortunately. But still, he's he's a great shortstop, a great great addition to the team. So I have high hopes for them. I have high hopes for the Brewers this year, even if they start off the season one and two. And I can't talk about it too much. No, yeah, no worries, Bernie. We got 159 left, right? That's how I look at it. And we we have a nice schedule coming up here. A three-game series in Baltimore to face the Orioles. What a gift. You know, this is nice playing the AL East this year, going to Baltimore. I want to sweep, Bernie. We're going to do our Brewer Prediction Challenge. You're going to be week one here, and you're going to tell me what you think they're going to do this week. Are they going to win all seven? Are they going to lose all seven? What's, what do you think? So Brewers, they got a three-game series in Baltimore, and then the home opener is then that Thursday against the Cardinals, and they got a four-game series then with them at home against St. Louis. So what do you think, Bernie? If I had to guess, I think they'll take – two out of three against Baltimore. And then I would say three out of four against the Cardinals. Um, I think the losses this week will kind of kick them in the pants to, to kind of get them ready and say, okay, the season's starting now. Um, but I think that's a good prediction. I don't think they're going to sweep either team. So. so you're going five and two. Yes, sir. All right. Now you give me so how this works. Now I can go six and one and then I get six and one or seven and zero. Oh. Or if I do four and three, I get four and three and all below, but then you get five, five and two and up, basically. That's how this works. You know, Bernie, I'm always bold in these, if you didn't know. I'm gonna go six and one. I like the Brew Crew this week. They got some good matchups. Uh, Cardinals, Flaherty's still out, some injuries, Alex Reyes out, but you know, Arnau swinging a hot bat, but no worries. Brewers, I think they got this. And yeah, we'll be following this, you know, the whole year and yeah, we only have three games to talk about because there was a, a fourth that could have happened, but it was basically snowing in Chicago. It's now May 30th, doubleheader at Wrigley. So that would be a lot of fun. You know, Bernie, if you ever might want to make a road trip, but uh, with that, are you ready to talk some basketball? I'd always love to talk about some basketball. Let's hop right into it. Awesome. So yeah, Milwaukee Bucks, we know who they're playing, Bernie. They got a a playoff series first round against the Bulls. So this is going to be a good one. We saw them last time meeting the playoffs. The Bucks did lose it, but that was, that was, you know, before prime Giannis, before, you know, the dynasty was built. Right. So, um, this dynasty. Yeah. I think Bernie, they put together some nice regular seasons these past years, but they do get the three. As I said, uh, they did not, 
get the job done in Cleveland. They weren't really even competing in the game in Cleveland. So they were content with the three seed is what we saw. I mean, why not? How I look at it, Bernie, they went 4-0 against the Bulls in this season. The 45-36 Bulls, they went 4-0. They avoid the Nets now. You know, the, the Celtics, they might get rewarded. They or might get not rewarded. Uh, they have they get to play the Nets in the first round, which is not really a reward for the two seed. So uh, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm not mad, right? You avoid KD, you avoid Kyrie. I think this ended up working in their favor, you know, kind of like punting that game uh, on Sunday against the Cavs, losing that one. Oh, well, Bernie, how do you feel about matching up against the Bulls for seven-game series? Again, I kind of feel pretty similar to you on this. Um, I think they, they weren't shooting for any high seed in the East because no matter what, if you make it to the finals, you're going to play against either the Grizzlies or the Suns, and you're not going to have home court advantage regardless because they've had such crazy records this year. Um, so they're pretty much competing within their conference. And I think Budenholzer did a, you know, built a pretty smart move in throwing the game, if you will, um, getting some young talent out there just to get some experience before the playoffs come. You don't have to play the Nets, which is huge. And I do think we match up good against the Bulls. Um, we haven't seen them play like a, a series, like a seven game series. Um, so we'll see how they come out the first couple of games, but I feel pretty good about it. I'm very glad with how the season ended in general. Same here. And yeah, I'm going to guess, you know, more management upper, you know, front office probably had more say in this as well. You know, not playing Middleton, Giannis, Lopez, Allen, Holiday. He starts the game and he intentionally fouls a guy. And then he exits the game just to have his game played. Bernie, $300,000 bonus, I believe is what it was. So uh, good for him to get that bonus for games played. And then, yeah, we saw uh, the backups. They had a field day. You know, Jordan Wara, 44 minutes, 24 points. The big story was Sandro Mamukalashvili, um, you know, 43 minutes, 28 points, 13 boards, four assists for him. Thanasis as well put up 27. I know, Bernie, that's your, your favorite player or maybe one of them. He also hit a three-pointer. So if you enjoy that. But also then Rajon Tucker, the guy from the Wisconsin herd, puts together, you know, comes up for this game, 15 points, three for three from three. So good for him to make it the NBA for the last game here. But yeah, playoff basketball now, you know, this is this is a great time of the year. Baseball starts up, basketball again to the playoffs. NFL draft is coming up. So, you know, Bernie, anything else here with the Bucks before we go talk some NFL draft? Um, not really. We kind of touched on everything. Um, again, end of the season, I think it's great that they got all their players back. They're healthy now. Um, it's humongous that they got Lopez back um, for the playoffs just for if they end up against like the Sixers um, and bead-wise. Um, but again, playing these young kids to end the season, get their legs warm. I'm getting ready to play. Rest our starters who are going to be fine. So just good end, of the, good end to the season in general. Good end. Yeah, there we go. And let's talk about the Packers now. You know, not not really a good end to the season here, but um, let's talk about some draft prospects. I know, Bernie, this is something you wanted to talk about, right? Uh, this is something Journey to a Million will be talking about. Uh, Zach, I just want to shout him out. He actually put together a very nice mock draft. Um, and, it, you know, it's on our Instagram. It's on a highlight, so you can just go through it, check each pick he it went from, goes from 32 to one. We're releasing eight and day. 
So today um, we'll be releasing 16 through 9, I believe. And then the last ones will be released on Tuesday. So you'll get to see all what Zach thinks is how the draft's going to pan out. And you're going to hear today now how burning I think this draft is going to pan out a little bit here. So uh, let's talk about it. We're going to talk mostly about just Green Bay here because that's that's what we care about here on the show. Um, Bernie, you know, all the picks getting two first rounders, 22 and 28. What's your game plan here? Now, most of the time when I talk about draft picks and mock drafts, I don't tend to look into players so much because it's almost impossible to predict which player is going where. Um, because sometimes people pull out wild cards like take the Packers a couple of years ago, you get Jordan Love, didn't make a lot of sense. Um, so most of the time I go up based off of position where I think they're going to draft um, just because players get picked up and you never know where people are going to end up in the long run. I'd say most definitely receiver, you know, pretty obvious losing Devontae Adams, Scantling. Um, that'll be important to try and pick up someone new there or through free agency. I can see him trading picks to pick someone up. Um, but outside of receiver, I think offensive line, they have to revamp that. Because on the defensive side, they really don't need anything except for an edge rush and maybe an interior lineman. But that's far down on the list, in my opinion, compared to offensive line and receiver. I think you hit it on the head. I think, you know, uh, if you're going first round, for me, you get receiver or you get a D-line. It's simple as that. Maybe you do one D-line, one receiver. Maybe go both receiver. I don't know. I think if you do something like that and then, you know, Bernie, I know you don't like you like you said you don't like throwing you know names into spots, but come on, what, what receivers are you looking at right now? Uh, Watson, you know, Burks, Dotson, I think Olave, right? There's a lot of guys, you know, that could potentially you know fall into any either of these spots. Is there a specific prospect you've seen that you are very interested in? I think Watson and Olave. I think Olave for sure shows a lot of upside. Um, and again, it's sometimes it's hard to like transfer or like see how talent's going to transfer from college to professional. I know a lot of times quarterbacks, they struggle to make the transfer. Um, receivers in the last couple of years have been transferring super, super well. Um, like Jamar Chase, for example, He's, he played super well last year. Uh, the whole receiver class last year um, played outstanding. Um, so I think we're kind of entering a new era where receivers are good out of the draft. Like your top 10 are going to be great. So I think Olave would be a great pick if he drops to us. Um, And if you can't get him, I think, again, those top five people, some of the guys that you mentioned, would be great options for us. And if you're able to bring someone in for cheap, like a Julio Jones maybe, um, just someone to teach those people how to be great, like a top 10 receiver all time, that's pretty much all you can ask for at that point because you'll have a role, role player and you'll have a young stud who can play for you for another five years and learn. Yeah. Olave, uh, you know, just touch on some of the things you said here. Does Olave fall is the question. You know, we talked about this on journey to the million. Does he fall? I, I don't know. I don't think so, but I know I've seen mock drafts where you, he's in the twenties that uh, you've seen. I've seen some in the teens. You know, I personally think he's going to go in the teens as well, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think Watson, I think out of North Dakota State, I think he's going to be, you know, a guy to look at as well as as we mentioned already, right? Christian Watson of North Dakota State, like I said, I, I 
I personally am a fan of him. If you can get him, please, please do that. But you know, you never know with this draft, right? And as you mentioned, it's so unpredictable. It's a lot of it's a guessing game, you know, and all that's what mock drafts are. And all you can do is just look at positional needs and just like look for guys who best, you know, address those positional needs for a team. And I like all those receiver options. You know, of course I mentioned, but uh, Bernie second, like later rounds for this squad, like, you know, when with the 53rd overall pick 59th overall, those, those picks, you know, is that where you think offensive lines going to get addressed? I think that's quite possible. I know in a lot of the mock drafts I've seen, um, it's had them picking one of the offensive tackles from Central Michigan, not our good friend Luke Gedeke, but um, his other teammate. Um, so I do think that it's a good possibility um, that they pick up linemen in those later rounds because there's a lot of athletic linemen in the draft that you can't shift around. And really, no matter who they get, the coaching staff for the Packers seems to work out really well with the linemen that they get. Um, like we've had a ton of of talent over the years from like Bakhtiari, Josh Sitton, um, Corey Lindsley, um, Elton Jenkins, stuff like that. So I think if they can pick up someone who they see talent in, I, I trust who they pick. Yeah. I, I think you got to trust, you know, um, what the Packers have done and Brian Gutekunst, we trust. Right. And then also hey, maybe Luke Gedeke, maybe, you know, we seem sneaking as a Packer in one of these days here, but I want to touch on one more position here. Do you think they they might take a tight end here in this draft? You know, I know with Tanya, there might be some injury concern, right? I mean, DeGora wasn't necessarily, you know, he was okay, but cert, not exactly the best substitute. So maybe they take a chance on a tight end, I think, day three. But, again, we have to wait and see. Yeah, um, again, with the tight end situation, they're definitely going to keep Mercedes Lewis as like a run up, like a run tight end. Um, he's out there to catch like a three yard dink and dunk, uh, like a third, third two. Um, Deguara, again, he tore his ACL his first year with the Packers, so he didn't get much playing time. Last year, he played okay. You know, he got his minutes in, but again, he's only about 6'3". He's 6'2 as a tight end, which doesn't really translate too well. Like you have to be obscenely talented if you want to be a tight end at 6'2 in the NFL. So, I mean, I could see them letting go of him. Um, and I could see them trying to, you know, progress Tunning's career more. Um, it'll be tricky, I think, because I think he's going to be more scared running on a you know torn ACL or um, recovered torn ACL. But I could see them picking a tight end. Um, I don't think it's their top priority. I think, like you said, defensive line, O-line, receiver is definitely up there but I would not be surprised if they took a tight end for sure. Exactly. And you know that, Bernie, you got anything else on this draft before we hop into some trivia? Um, Not really, Um, but I would not be surprised if the Packers trade away picks for a receiver because apparently stuff's going down in the office that we don't know about, but that's for a different day. It's for a different day. That is Bernie. In fact, and yeah, we'll be covering the NFL draft here on the sports crew. Um, definitely have some episodes aired, you know, for a preview. We have we have some people planned, you know, for a recap as well. So keep a lookout for that. But with that, Bernie, we're gonna go into some trivia. Are you ready? Born ready. 
five questions. I'm asking Bernie Vandenhoevel. He's getting quizzed today. Um, and it, it's a little bit of a grab bag, two main categories. So I got two questions from one category, three from the other. You'll be able to tell. So let's go. Question one, the season high for Bernie Vandenhoevel uh, in the 2021 to 2022 season for basketball. And this is regarding the set of points. And I got some options for you, Bernie, if you need them. Um, okay. It's between them? two games. It's either 15 or 14. And I'm pretty sure it's 15. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. You don't even need the options. I gave you them. 15 points this is the career high. Was this new Holstein, Bernie? I think that was New Holstein, and Boom. we ended up losing that game by a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a saying, when Bernie scores, you lose, which, you know, that's just how it was sometimes, Bernie. That's how it was every time. I think I scored over 10 points like five times my senior year, and we lost every game. And there was games I scored zero, and we won by like 40 points. So I don't know how it worked. I was just there to play defense. So There you go. How many three-pointers did Bernie Van who will make his senior year? Four. Four for 12. Ding, ding, ding. He got both two for two. All right. Now we're going to some Brewers here. The Brewers home run leader in 2021 was... I got options. If you need um, let's see. I would say... Was it Alistair Garcia? It was him with 29. Three for three for Bernie Vandenhoeven. Wow. All right. Here you go. Brewers win leader. This is for pitching. In 2021, was who? Woodruff. No, here's some options: A. Corbin Burns, B. Brandon Woodruff, and then C. Brent Suter. Was it Brent Suter? It was the Vulture, Brent Suter, oh. with 12. He did it. I beat did out Woody that. by one. Yeah, you learned something new, Bernie, in trivia. He was able. His middle re- relief role gave him, you know, an option. To where he was able to just you know pick up the other people's wins. So they called him the vulture. So last one here. Who had the most walks for the Brewers in 2021? And this is for hitters. So I'll give you options right away here. A Willie Adamas, B Christian Yelich, and C Luis Rodriguez. I wouldn't say um hmm. I would say Rios. Nope, it was B. Christian Yelich. He finished with 70 walks. He was the walk leader. Yeah, like I, that's what I was hinting at, Bernie. Not a bad year. You know, I was looking through some numbers when I was making trivia. I'm like, yeah, I, I know this was hyped up. I, I talked about this before on our season recap preview. Anything Brewers, I always like to point out. It wasn't a bad year. You know, it was a bad year for a Christian Yelich year, but it was not a bad year in baseball. You know, for any player, still above average around the league and yeah, he did lead the Brewers with 70 walks last year. So that's how we roll with the sports crew here, Bernie. And it was great to have you on. I really appreciate it. No problem, sir. Thanks for having me. A great day. A lot of good stuff of to talk about. And another great week of sports coming up next week. Always a great week of sports here on the sports crew. And yeah, just go through some scheduling here. Before we go, I have some fantasy baseball draft. Audio, I will be airing. It's a lot of fun. You know, if you're just driving, if you're working, if you're doing something, you need to listen to make something make you laugh. Uh, just just listen to this. It's a 30-minute, you know, talk of just us talking about a draft, talking about anything sports-related, quite frankly, anything in general, right? It's, it was myself, Bernie Vanden Heuvel, Jared Valesky, 
And then Devin Argyle was in there as well. And then Katie Youngbooth joined us along the way. As It was just a great, great group. 30 minutes, like I said, discussing sports, discussing all things. And then Friday, Journey to a Million, we return. Uh, we got two teams we'll be covering, of course, in the offseason. And like I said, check out Zach's mock draft on our Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook, Jordan Drew the sports crew. YouTube, Jordan Drew the sports crew. And yeah, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.